The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Enquirer podcast. It's Monday, so it is our time to catch up with Jay Lehman, our All-American football analyst. And of course, we learn something new every time we talk with Jay Lehman, and he is fantastic as always. What went so wrong with the Illinois defense in a 34-23 loss at Kansas? And what do Aaron Henry, Brett Bielman company need to do to turn this thing around as number seven Penn State is coming to town this weekend? So it doesn't get any easier with this tough early schedule for Illinois. But we also talk about the offense and uh, what Jay saw. Some good from the quarterback, uh, but not able to kind of get into their game because of uh, the defense struggling, because they couldn't get things going early on. But some positives, some negatives from that side of the ball. And then we look forward to how concerned is he about Illinois through two games? What does he see uh, from Illinois compared to the rest of the Big Ten West at this point? And what does he want to see against Penn State? That's all coming up with about 25, 30 minutes of Jay Lehman breaking down Illinois football right here on the online course. Whether you're attending Illinois games in person or watching from home, you have to look the part of an Illini fan. And that's why we've partnered with Homefield Apparel to get you looking like a true fan on game days. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Homefield designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and histories of each school using unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. If you're an Illini fan, I recommend the Flying Illini shirts with the wing logo. Love that one. The script Illini on the blue or you can go with the Ringer T, the orange Ringer T fighting Illini basketball. It's fantastic stuff. Also, some stuff with the uh, old 80s Illini football helmets. Really good. Go check them out at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their selection of colleges available. And I'm telling you, these are really comfortable, well-made shirts. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. So check them out at Homefield Apparel and get 15% off your first order using discount code Illini23. It's the perfect apparel for this football season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. All right, it's Jay Lehman, All-American linebacker, joining us to talk about not so fun to watch, 34-23 Illinois loss at Kansas. And the, the score uh, makes it look closer than it actually was as uh, Kansas took a 34-7 to lead early in the third quarter, Jay. Uh, Illinois looked unprepared from the start. What, what went so wrong? We haven't seen something like that since, you know, maybe Virginia, maybe Wisconsin 2021. It, it looked like Lovey Smith defense, to be honest. I mean, let's just be right. And, and Brett said in his press conference, we've got to reevaluate and paraphrase. We've got to reevaluate and assess what we're doing defensively. Um, one thing I loved about 
since Brett's gotten here is we've largely looked so competent in the last 20 or so games and such a breath of fresh air. We kind of have this feeling that Brett knows what's going on. He's got a great grasp on the program and we're headed in the right direction. I still feel that way, but after you have a game like this leaves a lot to be uh, desired, you know, and, and I guess from a very macro level, I would say that we've gotten behind in each game, have not been able to run the ball like we need one to run the ball, not necessarily because we couldn't, we could run the ball against Kansas. We're just too far behind. Yep. Uh, so again, getting too far behind and spotting them some touchdowns, bad two minute defense bad defense altogether and undisciplined and just sloppy play overall fundamentally. I think that from the big picture standpoint is what's concerning to me. Yeah, Jay, I, I think these two teams they played are good and they have good offenses. Um, sure. But still, I mean, if you're raising the expectation of this program, it, it's to compete with Kansas on the road. Cool. It's to beat Toledo, right? Like, um, so I, I know all these fans saying, well, look at these offenses. They're going to be great. Yeah. But if, if you want Illinois to be great, they, they got to be better. So, I mean, we expected some defensive regression, Jay, from the number one scoring defense, but what does concern you most through two games of this season? And what do you think Aaron Henry and Brett Bielema and Andy Boo and Terrence James and all these guys need to reevaluate? I don't think we gave up 400 yards a game uh, in the game last year. We've done that the first two weeks of the season over 500 against, um, um, Kansas, I don't remember the last time I saw 20 plays of 10 yards or more. That's a, that's a whole season of an elite defensive explosive play right there in one game. So I'm, I'm very concerned about the explosive plays defensively. I'm, there are some players that are playing well. There are also some, some players and schemes that are simply not working. They had receivers Way too wide open. I know Jalen Daniels made a lot of different plays and whatnot. I guess I'm most concerned about this. What can our back end do and what can they do well? I mean, we can't play the man coverage that we played last year. I think that's pretty much well known because we don't have the guys, at least right now, developed into where I'm not saying Xavier Scott couldn't be that. I think Xavier Scott makes a lot of plays. And Xavier's probably a guy who played, played better. Taz probably needs to play better. Uh, Taz Nicholson. I don't, I think Tyler Strain uh, coming off of the injury wasn't his best, right? So, I mean, there's a lot. I think Matthew Bailey may be getting him back. So, from the defensive back perspective, we got to be better. Number two, the linebackers, quite frankly, got exposed early in this game. Um, it seemed like if I look at the 15 play scrimp that Lance, Lance Leipold wrote or his offensive coordinator wrote, probably a third of those plays isolated linebackers in man to man coverage on the back or the number three receiver. We saw a lot of wheel routes. We saw a lot of throwbacks. Uh, Tariq Barnes gave up a touchdown on one. They tried to attack Rosiak on one. Rosiak actually had decent coverage into uh, the end zone on that play. So it's not like um, they didn't know what to do, but like on that critical third or fourth down early in the game, they just, you know, did a little flare pass to Tariq Barnes had him, and there's no way he could even get there in time to get to the edge. So they had it schemed up as far as what we would be in when we would be in it and really isolated our back seven. As far as the defensive line goes, I still want to see more pressure from Gabe Ackes and Seth Coleman. I, I just don't think we're getting the pressure we thought they would get out of them. And I, then I feel like they start to press and maybe get overly aggressive on some contain issues. Mm -hmm. And I know we've played Jalen Daniels to Quan Finn. I will say 
I saw Keith and Johnny give incredible effort. I mean, I think Johnny would have had four or five sacks against a pro-style pro quarterback. I yeah. don't think you can knock Johnny Newton for what he did. But, you know, I think the most the, – the, the play that would define the game the most, I think, was Johnny Newton pressuring Jalen Daniels near the goal line, their own goal line. He's the only guy chasing around, you know, a 195-pound quarterback. He's a 300-pound man. And he's given incredible effort. Jalen Daniels escapes, makes a 30-yard throw down the field. That was the epitome of the game right there. Johnny Newton getting pressure, Jalen Daniels escaping, and hitting someone down the field wide open. Listen, we, we also can't – it's not all the, not all in DBs. I know I keep going. You can't cover guys for four or five seconds. Yep. I don't care if you're Devin Witherspoon. Maybe Devin Witherspoon. Okay. But someone else – other guys cannot do that. And so it, it was difficult. I, I covered a lot of ground there defensively. Yeah. The holes. Uh, one of the questions I'm going to have for Aaron Henry is what do you want the identity of this defense to be? And, and what, yeah. what do you think they can be, Jay? Because it's obviously they don't trust the secondary as much. There's a lot more zone coverage. Uh, when they, they do go, man, it seems like it's better, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. But you're going to give up some chunk plays uh, sure. because your DBs can't hang. So what do you think the identity for Aaron Henry's defense needs to be? And what do you think his big adjustment two games in as a defense coordinator needs to be? First of all, for young players, usually man-to-man is easier to learn than some of the different zone concepts. We used to call it cat coverage. I got that cat. You got that cat. You got that <laughs> cat, right? So um, sometimes man-to-man is. Here's what I would do is, uh, especially now that we're kind of getting out of some of the, the ultra-athletic quarterbacks. Now, Drew Aller, very good player. Watched two games of him play. I mean, he's – He's probably the most – him and McCarthy, probably the most polished quarterbacks in the Big Ten that we'll probably see. But um, I think we've got to go all in on pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. I, I think we've got to bring pressure with our linebackers because we're not covering great. Tariq Barnes is showing to be an admirable blitzer as well. He can blitz. Uh, Rose, yet we haven't seen enough of him. But but get get some games up front. Get Gay Backus moving more. Get Seth – let's utilize their athleticism – Many times when you play a team that is smaller than you, you will see the D-line move a lot because they can't beat you man-to-man. I would say that we usually we, we should be able to beat guys up front, and Johnny can and Keith does. But as far as those other guys, I want to see them use their athleticism more. Let's play some more games up front. Let's bring more pressure because I think we're simply not, not uh, getting to the quarterback enough, creating enough negative plays, uh, or getting the ball out quick enough, that is, to give our DBs a real chance. So I think our identity has to be, hey, stop the run, put pressure to quarterback. We have not done great on first down, though. And that's hampered a lot of what we've been able to call on second and third down because the run game defense has not been nearly as stout as we thought it would be. Yeah, and I want to get into that in our film room, Jay, kind of focusing yeah. up front and talking linebackers. Um, but I want to, I want to address it on the podcast here, too. What do you, I mean, Kansas attacked linebackers from the start. That, that sure. first, you know, series, it was like five straight attack the linebackers. What do they need there? Is there anything personnel wise they got to change? Or what do Dylan, Tariq, you know, Kanena when he gets in there, Ryan Mead really struggled? Like, what do they need to do in there? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. And I will tell you this, you know, I, the zone read game when done right with a good quarterback, as Illinois fans know, with Juice Williams, you know, and, and Juice would, Probably not the most um, uh, accurate thrower, but certainly a very adept at the zone read. Um, it's difficult to stop when it's done right. And what I love about Lance Leipold is they 
they mixed it up. They, they made an A gap bigger. They made a B gap bigger. They made um, sometimes on the zone read, um, they would give it and hit the running back would hit inside. Sometimes hit outside. Sometimes Jalen Daniels would just follow the running back right behind him. Sometimes he would go really wide. Sometimes he had the option to throw the ball after it. So, and then they have guys, uh, you know, in front of them pulling one direction and then us going, and then Jalen Daniels going the opposite direction. That gives the linebackers different keys. So I will say, listen, this is a tough game, right? Not only are you, you doing the zone read, but you're also, uh, you had man-to-man coverage a lot on the backs, out of the backfield. And so there was a lot on the plate. But as far as what do we need, I think it's really simple when you're a linebacker. It's like, okay, I've got a one, defeat the guy that's trying to block me. Look, am I in the box? I've always got to defeat my one-on-one matchup. I saw a lot of Velcro out there. What I mean by Velcro, man, when, when the tight ends owned our linebackers for Kansas, I mean, there was a tight end that when he locked on our linebackers, we could not simply get off. I, I didn't see a bunch of using the hands, press off, disengage. So first and foremost, before we get about anything, is, is I've got to defeat my block. And I, then I've got to feel where the ball is going, not guessing, but based on my keys, okay? There's always going to be a quarterback player. There's going to be a zone player. But I've got to defeat my block first. I can't be a JV guy and look over the block and then somebody pushes me back into the back. That's like trying to fight somebody with your eyes closed, right? It's just not going to happen. So I didn't see disengagement on blocks, okay? Number two, because you're not disengaged in time, the ball is running past you while you're getting off a block and you're making a tackle seven, eight yards on the field if you make a tackle. Our defensive backs are leading us in tackles. Mm-hmm. Never a good sign, guys, right? It was never a good sign. It's never a good sign when the defensive backs lead you in tackles. They're making all the tackles because, you know, obviously they're unblocked. I also thought our defensive backs on the edge couldn't get off a block as well. We could not disengage. I, I actually didn't think that the D-line – the D-line was they, – they struggled a little bit, but I thought really it was the back seven that couldn't disengage on the run blocks at all. And so I think it has to defeat the block, recognize the play, and make the play before anything. Maybe James Cruz, the guy we see get in. He's made some plays on special teams. They've been high on him. We haven't seen him get many reps. Um, but, yeah, we I thought Tariq Barnes was going to be a strength of this team. I think he knows he can play better than he's played the first two games. And I think he's talented enough. I do want to bring up one positive. Shawnee Newton was incredible, Jay. Oh, uh, man. Just, just an incredible game, and I agree with you. If that wasn't Jalen Daniels back there, he probably has four sacks. But he I ended mean, up he with was, two. He, and, and it wasn't for – I mean, they tried to double-team him some. They tried to um, – I think what makes Johnny so unique as, as an interior lineman, they would call him a four-eye. That's just a technique that he would be. But but basically a, a, an inline defensive end and a 3-4 concept. What makes him so unique is the amount of quarterback pressure he gets from that position. That's historically not a huge sack position or pressure position. To get as much pressure as he gets, he's very solid in the run game. But I think what makes Johnny unique, he plays with incredible effort, number one. But number two, he gets more pressure from that position than I think anybody else in the country. Well, he saw the quarterback pressures. That's historically not a, not a huge pressure position for a guy um, they'll make some plays, but he's unique in that. So I do want to give Johnny preps. I even saw Keith play hard. I saw Keith run people down. I mean, he ran Jalen Daniels down one time, seven or eight downs on the field, I think. And uh, so I think these they're playing hard. I don't think it's a lack of effort, but they need more than just those guys. Yeah, and with those outside linebackers, Jay, sometimes I, I felt like they were better, on the, especially that option stuff, sure. stretching the field. But 
I think Gabe Ackes a couple times just got over aggressive and, and sure. lost his contain. Like those guys, I felt like were in position more times to make the play. Right. They just weren't able to make it. Well, I think too, like on, like the Gabe Ackes thing, like you can always tell when a defensive, uh, an outside linebacker gets over aggressive because they turn their hips to run sideline, like to, toward the sideline, which allows, you know, a quarterback to cut back because his feet are square. You got to stay square to the line of scrimmage because if I stay square, I can move this way or I can move this way. The moment I turn my legs this way, I got to turn all the way around that way. Did you guys get that with my hand motions? I got you. What we saw, if you go back and look at the film, is they're just committing and crashing down too hard rather than shuffling down the line, staying square and being able to break back. And I get it. When you're a defensive end and you have a chance to make a, a hit on the quarterback, I want to be aggressive too, right? We got to remember, Gabe Ackes doesn't have a ton of snaps under his belt at the college level. He is a man child, so sometimes we think, you know, that maybe he's older than he is. I think he's still got some growing pains to grow, but I think he's going to be a great football player. I think he can be dominant this year. But Seth Coleman, we've got to have him be disciplined. It didn't mean this last year. We've got to have more production out of those guys. Even though this is a college football podcast, I'm guessing a lot of you are NFL fans as well. And as you know, the NFL is officially back. I don't know if that's a great thing for us Bears fans, but it is good for you because a lot of your Sundays are now filled watching games. And a big part of watching those games, of course, is fantasy football. That's why we've partnered with Underdog Fantasy for this football season. It's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. So say you're watching the Bengals. Didn't go well for them this week, but you pick whether Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, or others will go higher or lower in certain stat categories. You can 20 times your money by going five for five. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 years or older and present in the state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.mpcgambling.org. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, Jay, let's switch to the offense. Uh, I thought the run game, when they ran, looked pretty dang good. Like, yeah. I was really encouraged by, by the running backs, by the movement the offensive line was getting sure. up front. But it doesn't matter when you're down 34-7 to seven or 28-7 to seven or 21-0. Like, right. 
Illinois, I mean, they got to play better complimentary football. The offense has to get off to a better start. That's for sure. But uh, I was actually encouraged by the running game. They just, it didn't matter in this game. Yeah. I would say this, uh, the offense looks, this is may sound dumb, but so many offenses, including Barry Lunnings look so much better after that first, first down. If we don't get that first, first down, there's almost no rhythm, no setting up the defense back and forth. Right. And it's like, Almost from the start, you know, Reggie Love, I think, slipped on that first play. It's like, okay, now we're behind. Then he runs like an eight-yard run. It's like, then it's like, you know, third and four, unable to convert. And I never thought we got in rhythm. So we weren't able to run the ball to set up these conflict scenarios that we could run, we could pass. Usually it's like, it's a run or it's a pass or Altmaier making something happen. And because of that, not all, we saw a lack of separation from receivers. I, I was unimpressed with our separation. And I think you got a guy like Isaiah, or you got a guy like, um, well, first half for Isaiah, but a guy like Pat Bryant, I thought would have more separation. Pat didn't have a great game. Uh, he knows he can play better. That was probably, you know, a two year ago game, Pat Bryant. Pat needs to play better. They need to catch the ball. I had two picks, and, you know, when the ball got knocked out and we catch, but I saw a lack of separation. And part of that is the offense knows that you got to throw because we're third and eight. And so it's like, okay, let's lock down where we're playing defense on, you know, third and two. And so it's, it's, it's definitely an issue. Uh, Zy Chrysler in this game allowed four sacks. Mm-hmm. He's allowed 10 pressures in two games. I, I mean, I almost felt for him a little bit, Jay, because um, yeah, he's barely practiced this entire year sure. with spring ball and, and then training camp, but it's hard to find tackles. Right. It's really hard to find tackles. He, he looks more like a guard right now. But what what would you do at tackle? Uh, would, would you change things around? Do you have to give him more chip help? What do you do if you're Illinois after two games of really struggling on that right side? Yeah. So there's a couple of things you can do. One, you can move. Zai. I thought Zai had a great season last year, you know, in major first year, major college football, playing at the guard position. You know, um, Zai is a good football player. And when you mm-hmm. haven't repped it, and when you have, I believe it was an ankle injury. And so there's probably not a, a lineman position that has to, has to use their feet more than left left or right tackle. So I, I do think that's affected Zai, okay? But if he's not healthy uh, and he's banged up, then maybe we need to move him in. Or there's a couple things we can do. Um, you can always pair a tight end with it. You know, tip Ryman over there with him to help out. You can have a back over there to chip. I think we might see a couple more max protection plays from Illinois one and two man routes. Okay. Now, usually that works when you have second and three and it's like, okay, they're going to run the ball. Let's bring in two tight ends and a running back. You keep the two tight ends in and the running back you max protect. I mean, I have five linemen, seven and eight protecting one guy throwing the football and two receivers going out. And it's a real easy read for you know uh, uh for for luke on okay who am i going to and whatnot and he has time to throw the football mm-hmm. i think we're going to have to see that more but we're going to have to do that by running the ball good on first down right because we're not going to run that set most likely in a uh third and long situation so it's all kind of coming down to hey if we're not better on first down then throw the protection out throw everything out because we just got to somehow get a first down and hope altmeyer can make it happen yeah well, Luke Altmaier, um, there's probably a couple of throws he wants back there, Jay, but sure. what'd you make of, of his performance again, leading the team in rushing and, and sparking the offense there in the second half? Here's the thing. Luke's got a lot of moxie. I give him a lot of credit, right? I mean, um, 
I thought his composure during that game when stuff was going downhill for the ability to get some points on the board and his ability to run the football and be tough when there were some really tight windows that he had to throw football into, it wasn't all great, right? But if there was a bright spot for Illinois, Luke Altmaier was probably that guy. I, I think what's exciting about Luke is he's got a grittiness to him that I didn't know that he would have, but I've seen him have that grittiness and fight back and, and ability to make plays with his feet. But he, I think he's also got the accuracy that if we can start developing our passing game the, the week to week, year to year, I think this guy could be a really special player as a junior and senior. There's a reason he had offers. There's a reason, you know, that he was highly touted. Um, I really like his accuracy in the catchable ball, but most importantly, I've, I've liked his moxie, you know, um, you know, his style. I'm, I'm certainly not, I'm certainly not comparing him to someone here. So don't take this, but the way he moves his feet, kind of his size, kind of the way the ball comes out reminds you a little bit of Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's Drew Brees, but he reminds me with his footwork, his stature, the way his ball comes out. It's not a laser. It's accurate. It's catchable. He kind of has that feel to him, right? And so um, I like some of the attributes. He's got a long way to become Drew Brees, so Hall of Fame quarterback. But I'm saying you see some similar stuff in the style of play. One positive of this offense, Jay, uh, has been the red zone. They're seven for seven with five touchdowns in the red zone so far this year. Uh, one big negative has been those short yarded situations. Um, so I, I want to give credit to Lenny on one thing. And then the other one, I think mean, Griffin Moore play obviously stood out. Brett said after the game, we got to figure out our identity in those short yarded situations, but they have found it seemingly in the red zone. And Luke Altmyers certainly helped down there. So what do you make of those two? What's interesting to me is that we, this is a trend in college football and, and I, and I haven't seen it go great. Okay. So let me give you some examples. We don't want to put quarterback, get our quarterback hit, right? Because DeVito snuck it three, four times a year last year, right? It was pretty good at sneak. And you get behind and do the bush push, which is not illegal. You push the quarterback, right? But what I saw, I was watching Maryland, and they take Talia Tungabailoa out to put Billy Edwards in, and Billy Edwards tries to sneak it, drops the snap, right? I saw Cole Komet, you know, do a Griffin Moore yesterday and on a fourth and one and got no push at all. Right. I mean, nothing. Right. I also saw maybe because Justin Fields tried to do it as well and jumped and he didn't get it either. Right. So uh, this whole thing about like, what are we do? like? I, we've just way overthought it. OK, like mm -hmm. think of two or three plays that you can real confident with. Get right behind, you know, uh, Isaiah Adams behind and just follow him and fall forward and have the running back or tip get behind the quarterback and carry the quarterback over. What about That's Josh McCray? Isn't that what Josh McCray's for? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Josh McCray pushed somebody or something like that. I, I, if it's, but here's the deal: if it's third and a half a yard, usually just going to give it to you in the sneak. That's just because they're going to give you forward progress. We've got to get better push up front though on the third one and twos and threes for sure. All right, Jay, I knew it'd be a tough schedule to start. You and I talked yeah. about that. Uh, going on the road at, at any Power 5 team is not easy. In Kansas, certainly, what Lance Leipold is doing is really impressive. Toledo's a really good program, probably will win the MAC. And then you got Penn State this week. But you talked about your concern after week one. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you through two games about this team, given the expectations we have? 
Oh, I'm I'm very concerned. You know, I, I told you after week two last year, I was not concerned about losing to Indiana. I was mad about losing to Indiana. But again, I saw the consistency up front that we really dominated them in every facet of that football game. Every facet we dominated in it. So I wasn't concerned. I thought we would be good. I'm really concerned because I don't think we have a defense we can hang our hat on yet. I think we have players playing. I don't think we have an offensive line that is showing we can consistently run the ball when we want to run the ball. There's windows where we can run the ball decent, right? So my concern level is high. I mean, on a scale of one to 10 with one being no concern and 10 being concerned, I'm an eight. I really am. I, I think I think the offense will come around. I'm, I'm a little concerned that we didn't get separation and a lack of big plays. I, I do think it's going to be a totally different called ball game if we don't spot them three touchdowns. So I, I, I want to give them a fair, right. a fair chance. Um, the defense has wholesale issues. It is what it is. There's wholesale issues defensively that don't look to be able to be fixed immediately. I'm not saying we can't improve. I think I think Brett's teams have largely improved throughout the year. We did have that three-game swoon uh, last year at a, at a critical time late in the, late in the year. But uh, those are my, my concern levels that high. Uh, that and 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 Penn State makes it more concerning. Yeah, that you wish the Ford Atlantic game maybe was coming up now or another Big Ten West yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I went on record, I think, as a champagne rotary or something, and I went on record and said, hey, I think we're going to have a good year, but I wouldn't be too concerned if we're 2-2 two and two or 1-3 and three at the end of September. That kind of shocked the crowd a little bit, but I just know – and don't sleep on FAU with Tom Herman and Coach Warner, and just they got athletes over there. It's one of those you know American conference teams, I believe, that always beat somebody they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it was going to be be like this, you know. And I knew Penn State and what they had coming back. I, I think they're currently my favorite to win the Big Ten. I mean, over Ohio State and over Mich- over Michigan. When I look at, you know, we hear coaches talk about, oh, I want to get better at execution. I remember I, I heard all the press conferences this year. At Big Ten Network after every game is like, oh, we got a lot to clean up. It's like these guys are janitors or something. I mean, the much as much as they talk about, we got a lot to clean up. But you look at Penn State, they haven't had much to clean up. Now they haven't played that good of competition. West Virginia's right. average, Delaware Blue Hens, eh, you know, I think they might still be running the wing tee. I'm kidding, but that's they used to be the famous wing tee team. Um, but uh, you know, they look really good. And so if we play, you know, like we did, which I think I, I believe someone asked that question, probably would not be good, right? So um, in the press conference, but. Uh, we, we could get we uh, the Diddy Lions could hang, hang half a hundred, as Barry Switzer would say, uh, hang half a hundred on this line ID in a heartbeat with their running backs, quarterback, and receivers if we don't change what we're doing. Yeah, so what do you want to see, Jay? Um, like obviously, I, I don't know if anybody's expecting a win, but you want to see some competitiveness. So, sure. how, how do they do that? First of all, I don't think, I don't think Drew Aller's been hit. I mean, here's a guy that's a five star guy, I think number three in the country. Uh, Throws a great ball. He's a good player. I don't think he's been hit. Now, they've got one of the better offensive lines around. They've got two really big backs in Katron Allen and uh, Nicholas Singleton. I don't know if it's just the white pants, but for some reason, Penn State running backs always have tree trunk legs. I don't know if it's Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. I mean, you just uh, go go down go down the list. They, they always are huge. Kijana Carter. From I was going to say, right? Kijana Carter. They're, back they're in the day. Genus, you know, I mean, I mean, they're just – I don't know, but they're just built different. You know, my, my, my son always says like, oh yeah, Justin Jefferson built different. You know, like, I'm like, dude, these guys are built different. Right. So uh, pretty, pretty remarkable as far as their size goes and, and their weapons on the outside. I think we need to pressure them. 
so stop the run on first down and then pressure the quarterback. We haven't necessarily been able to do that, but this is an ideal situation. I don't think we match up well on the outside with some of their weapons. Um, so I don't think we can give three, four seconds for Drew Allard to, to throw the football. I want to see an aggressive pressure, whatever that looks like. Give us a chance. Offensively, um, they're pretty good on defense too. You know, Nicholas Carter, probably one of the better linebackers in the country and their corner, uh, probably a first round pick as well. Uh, at every level, they've got maybe a first round pick. So this is a team that, that, that's pretty stacked, but I will say um, Penn State has a game or two every year where they lose to a team they should not lose. It was two years ago they lost to us, right? So um, I don't think it's not a winnable game. I mean, it's probably winnable. The chances are probably not great the way we've been playing, but I do not underestimate Brett's ability to make a turnaround in this thing. I think we got the right guy to help. Um, Big 10 West gives you some opportunities though. <laughs> I, I kind of want to keep that in, in, in the horizon here is, you know, Purdue had a nice win, but Wisconsin lost. Iowa's it was exactly what we thought Iowa would be. Uh, and that's why I picked them to wins. Cause I know what they're going to be, but there's a lot of opportunities still left on that schedule. That's why I just, you got to see improvement, Jay. If you see some improvement this week, you take that into FAU and you build on it and you take sure. that into Purdue I feel like this team can still have a really good season. Um, yeah, there's winnable games on the schedule, right? I mean, um, Purdue, Nebraska does not look good. Uh, Jeff Sims, although, you know, highly experienced, kept the turnover bug from Georgia Tech, you know, and, and just dropping balls all over the place. Minnesota's Minnesota. I mean, it's just so typical Minnesota, you know, running the ball, 56 rush attempts, watching that Eastern Michigan game, and, and they're going to shorten the game and do that. But at the same time, these teams are 2-0. and uh, not not Wisconsin, but um, I, like I said, there is opportunity in this league, especially this year, to still go to a bowl game. It's not a successful season, but we got to see improvement. Yeah. Jay Layman, thanks for making us football smart as always. Talk next week, man. You got man. Great stuff as always from Jay Layman. He is the goods. Hopefully you appreciate his insight every Monday. We are fortunate to have him, whether Illinois wins, whether Illinois loses. Uh, it is always great to learn more about what happened from somebody who's played it at such a high level and obviously has a great football mind. So I, I learn something new every time we talk with Jay Lehman, and uh, certainly hope you do as well. We'll have our film room hopefully up uh, in the next day or two as well to break down a couple of their defensive deficiencies as well. But thank you as always for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We will chat with Aaron Henry, defensive coordinator, uh, Barry Lunny, the offensive coordinator, and head coach Brett Bielma coming up later today on Monday, and we'll have plenty of insight, our takeaways from that, up at IlliniInquire.com. So check that out. Go VIP. If you're not a VIP member, uh, you get more Jay Lehman. You get more Illinois football, Illinois basketball coverage as well. We've got more of that coming up later this week at IlliniInquire.com as Penn State comes to town, and it's, it's an opportunity for Illinois. No one's going to predict probably them to win, but uh, it's a big opportunity for them, both on the field, to show improvement, potentially get a big win, uh, but also in recruiting. So we'll see what they're able to do with that this weekend. And uh, we'll have a preview. We'll get some insight into Penn State that I agree with Jay Lehman. I think they got a chance to win the Big Ten this year because they are talented, they're experienced, uh, and uh, I feel like you know Ohio State's a little bit more vulnerable in the past, and I think Penn State's uh, gotten way better in the trenches, so that gives them a chance against a team like Michigan. We'll preview that later on the week here on the Illini Choir Podcast. Until then, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody. Paramount. 
Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.